and welcome to episode 16. This is the Control-Alt-Delete podcast and I'm back with a brand new guest that I'm very excited to tell you about. So today's guest is Anne T. Donoghue, who is my online pen pal, aka we just email each other a lot and I really like her work so it's been amazing to have her on the podcast. This episode is basically a public Skype date that we'd basically just have anyway but I've decided to publish it for everyone to listen to. Anne is a writer, she writes so much for so many different magazines and you've probably read one of her pieces if you go on Twitter or you read popular culture and fun sort of lifestyle um, magazines. So she writes for BuzzFeed, uh, The Guardian, Hello Giggles, Huffington Post, Refinery29. Um, She's also a columnist for MTV and she's so funny. Her newsletter brightens my week. Her newsletter is called That's What She Said and it includes lots of gifts of Leonardo DiCaprio, which obviously is brilliant, Um, but it's really good. She goes into a lot of detail about lots of questions that she's asking herself and also answers other people's questions too. So really excited about sharing this episode. We talk about lots of things from how to be a writer, how to get into the industry, building your contact list, um, whether it's okay to retweet praise and self-promote on Twitter, and how the teenage girl in all of us never actually leaves, even when you're trying to be an adult. So here it is, and I'd love to hear your feedback. Tweet me at Girl Lost in the City, and thanks again for just subscribing and being really supportive of the podcast. Here it is. It's kind of really nice, but a little bit strange that we're having our first Skype date publicly, but it's fine. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's great. And then I'm going to come to London in autumn and visit and be like, yo, what's up? And we'll hang um, like real besties. It'll be great. We will. I can't wait. I just love <laughs> I, it. Too. I'm still just quite obsessed with is that you can just meet awesome people on Twitter. Right? I've met, I feel like all of my friends that I've made probably over the last two or three years have been through Twitter. Yeah. It's so great. Amazing. But it's it, the is, best. it is also funny because although I'm hearing your voice for the first time, I feel like your writing is in the way that you're speaking now. So I feel like I've heard you speak, if that makes sense. That's nice to hear. That'd be terrible if you were like, oh, I thought you'd be more peppy. I, <laughs> I always get thrown because I read everyone's writing in a North American accent. So I, even though I know you're a British person, I'm like, oh, right, she's British. Like I should be reading in her voice not my voice because I read in my voice and then um so now I'm like oh I'm so excited to like read more of your stuff to be like oh now I can hear her talking to me yeah Uh, yeah you're a hustler though congrats on getting that photo in that textbook own the shit out of that you're good at owning your work I'm excited to talk about that a little bit because you're very good at owning your work I respect that a lot oh well thank you it has come up a lot in a lot of these episodes about self-promotion and like how, like what, you know, where's the line and is it okay? And is it braggy or is it like, hey, look, you only get one chance to be like, hey, I did this really cool thing. So why not just take that one opportunity and then maybe like slow it down a bit after that? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, like I think it's, um, you. Pe- I think it's a question of like peppering a feed as opposed to like dumping salt on it to be like, look at this. It's, you pick and choose or you just stagger it throughout the week. Yes. I think at the I think at the moment because I'm so excited about the podcast. For example, mm-hmm. I'm going to town on being like, look, look, look. But it's kind of it's a weird one because it's not like it's not like look at me. It's like look at my guests. 
which I think is, um, which I think makes it kind of like, you know, better in a way. I agree. I also think that you are, well, I mean, it'd be different if your podcast wasn't being listened to by anybody, but it is. And people really, um, they're really feeling, they're feeling your vibe and they're really feeling your guests and they're feeling your conversations and uh, people are responding and it's, and it's making news. So it's not like you're, it'd be different if you were pushing something that like everybody was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> like you're pushing something with like an actual interesting mandate. So that's really cool. Yeah, and I, I think the one thing I'm pro and a lot of people I know are against is, and it's like quite a debate, is retweeting praise. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I understand people who are like, look, why would I retweet nice things? That's gross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think like someone says something nice. You know, it's not every it's not every five minutes you get something nice. So I just feel like actually someone's taken the time to say something positive. I'm going to just be like, oh, my God, this is so nice and retweet it again. I think that's reasonable. If you like add to me, I will retweet praise if um, if they link to something I've written because I'm like, oh, cool. Again, other people can be my staff um, or if I can make. I'm bad at praise though. Like I'm really bad at, I'm not good at it. I'm bad at accepting it. Like even if you were to meet me and be like, I think you're great. I love you. I'd be like, okay, all right. Like let's <laughs> do anything but talk about that. But then at the same time, I'm very, it's like conflicted where um, if I don't get any good feedback, I'll be like, what the fuck? Like I'm really good at like, like what? I wrote a good thing. What the hell's wrong with everybody? So it's like a weird conflicted thing that I'm actually actively trying to make sense of in my head and in my newsletter, which has become a very easy way to do that. I think it's weird. I, I feel I'm aware of it. So I feel that I can keep a lid on it. Like I wouldn't just be like, hopefully going too crazy in the other direction of like promoing everything every five minutes. But I also feel like no one cares really what other people are doing. No, like everyone's too busy looking at what they're doing, really. True. And actually to get someone's attention these days, you have to go for it. Like we have like two seconds or something I read to catch someone's attention, like when they're scrolling through Twitter or Facebook. Mm -hmm. So I feel like just if you want to get someone's attention, don't be coy about it. Like, don't be like, oh, I kind of did this thing. I please read oh, it. Oh, I hate that. If, oh, yeah, yeah. If you're going to say, I've done this really cool thing, yes. you should just own it. I agree that I agree with it's like that it's so weird like it's it's such a strange like you have to find your own balance because I truly I I hate when people are like I did a thing and it's like are you fighting you interviewed Barack Obama like you do a thing like you had like what that's when I yeah I feel like to to be a grown-ass woman in life you just have to own your shit yes yeah. Yeah, that's how it feels. Sorry, have we started the actual podcast or are we just talking at this point? I don't know. I'm, okay. I, basically, this happens. So I kind of merge the fact that I'm doing a podcast with just like a conversation, catch, catching up with people. Excellent. Sick. Um, Sick. Oh, God. Okay, cool. Hi, this is the podcast, everybody. <laughs> so um, I obviously love um, everything that you do, basically. Hooray. And you, and you do a lot. You're someone in my mind that is like, and just doing a lot. And I know that you say to me, like, I do a lot, but I genuinely look at you and think, oh, my God, she's written, like, 10 things today. Um, so I guess my first question is, do you feel ha like you do a lot? And also, where does your motivation come from to do that amount of work? Well, I should probably come clean. I've been copying everyone else's work this whole time. I've never written anything original, so we can just end the podcast right now. No, I'm kidding. Um, wouldn't that be just a scoop? A terrible, <laughs> terrible way of killing my career. Um, I am aware that I write a lot um, because 
I am in competition with myself constantly. I don't look at what anyone else is doing and compete with them. I'm just like, what can I do better? Um, because I am a control freak. And um, a lot of my past was defined by controlling uh, like unhealthier aspects of my life. And now this is what I have deemed to be healthy, where I'm like, well, if you work really, really hard, you're in control of what you can achieve. So it's like, I just boil it down to that. Um, and basically, I just, I... I don't, I think I, I need to be constantly moving and constantly busy because then I'll stop and overthink and worry about everything I've done wrong and worry about everything I might be doing wrong. And then that leaves it open to like comparing other people and it's awful and it's terrible. So I just sit down and think, okay, I'm going to like do this, this and this, and this is this and this is this, and then just do the work because mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's, um, kind of been like the saving ethos after some pretty turbulent years of just like, just do the work, just like. Just do it. And that makes it a lot easier. Was that the most convoluted answer of all time? Or was that at least slightly articulate? (laughs) No, that's great. I find it so impressive that you're constantly writing for like so many different magazines all the time. It's like, it feels just very consistent and very, it's just, it's amazing. Well, thank you so much. I think obviously what you're doing is amazing. I talk to you about that constantly on the internet. I stand out front of your house and I scream it at you. You just don't know. Um, I am very... I get very bored very quickly and um, I need to feel like everything's moving so fast that I have no choice but to keep up. Like it's, I think it's that feeling of like idle hands. So if I, if somebody gives me this de- a deadline, that's like you have till, Oh, don't worry about that. It's not, it's not due till June. Like that's cool. I'll do it the night before it's due or the day that it's due because I need to feel rushed because then I won't overthink. Um, so it means I'm basically, I need to be in a constant state of, um, like almost like a movement so that I don't have time to dwell. And that even when it's up, I don't think about it. I like post it and then I move on. Like I don't like as soon as I've written something and it's up and it's published. Cool. That's great. Okay. I'm out. Like next. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. I guess the other thing that comes with that, well, writing so, so often is um, you clearly have so many great relationships with so many different people. Like the fact, you know, that you write so consistently for all these different places and they're like, Hey, and can you do this thing? Um, you know, like obviously you write for MTV, Friday 29, Guardian, Nylon, like ev- everywhere. And in, and, and in such different ways, like all of your pieces are so different. Is it, because um, I guess for anyone listening who, you know, would want a similar career to you in that respect, does it take a long time to build up that list of contacts and friends? Because my pet hate, and I, this is controversial to say, but is when people ask me, kind of wanting me to like copy and paste everyone I know and send it to them. And mm. it's like, that is literally seven years worth of meeting up with people for coffee. I do. I do. I think it's a fine line because I think like oh, there's my friend Danielle Henderson. And like if anybody here is familiar with her, like, she's so, so, so smart and such a good writer and so funny and so cool. She made this really great spreadsheet. And it was uh, recently she did this and it was all like contacts of everywhere. But sh- she narrowed it down to young women who are just starting out in the industry because her argument was I just needed a contact like when I was first starting and you almost want to bang your head against the wall and all you want is someone to help and I think everybody has somebody who has like extended their hand and been like here you know what I'm gonna help you and that's like been that started like the snowball of like being a professional person in this industry Mm -hmm. so when a younger person has like as questions for me or if she's genuinely like, I, where do I start? Like, I, like, I'm so cool to share 
whatever. Same goes for like friends who I think are like hard workers. So like if you were to be like, hey, dude, can I like grab that like email off you? Totally. Of course you can. I think for me, it's when people, they don't do the work. And they just want, like, there's no proof that, like, you know, when you can tell when somebody's just hanging on connections for connection's sake and there's no sincerity and there's no work ethic um, and they haven't, like, exhausted their resources realizing that uh, most emails are just on the Internet. They're just, they're on the Internet. (laughs) Yeah, literally anyone's email is pretty much on Google. Everybody's email's on the Internet. So when... It's somebody who's, like, truly stuck. I'm very, very happy to be like, of course, I got your back. But if it's somebody who's like, do you know who the editor is of this? It's like, this is called a masthead. I'm going to send it to you. And then you go there and you'll see who's in charge of the magazine. It's just, like, common sense. Yeah. Basically, if somebody doesn't have common sense... um, they can get fucked. <laughs> and then if some, but if somebody's actually like, I'm trying, I'm really like, I'm struggling, whatever, then I've got your back and I am happy to help. And I know a lot of women in the, in the biz are also very willing and ready to help. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, me too. I still remember vividly what it feels like to be like, anyone help me. What's going on? And trying and really trying and being like, I, I don't help. I need someone to help me. And you do all sorts of crazy things. Like I remember like, oh my God, I think I was somebody that would like slide in through the DMs, but like of a magazine, like not like not the right way. Like everything was incorrect. Um, and you look back and you're like, oh, good Lord, you tiny idiot. It's fine. You'll learn. But oh my God. So um, I'm happy when someone like I'm teaching a workshop on Saturday and it's like how to get your shit published. And I'm going to teach how to like write a pitch email and like just like go for it and structure a pitch and email and that that because then that's a skill and then we like that's great. But I also feel like it's under the teach a man to fish thing too. I think where if you just hand somebody over everything and they haven't, they're obviously not even trying. Then that's like a you're not even helping them really. You're not teaching them anything. Yeah, they kind of have to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. I love your newsletter. And Thank you. It's so nice kind of being in like the newsletter gang at the moment you're oh my god right I always I like how you me and Dolly tend to be paired quite a bit it's so great because I love both of your newsletters so much I know I love that I'm so happy when we're in there like when I can see my name and then I see your name I'm like yeah it's so so cool I know. I think there's this really great um, climate right now where everybody's there's this like this world of self-expression, and all the women who are involved in it that I know, anyways, are just the coolest women, and they're such hard workers, and they're also willing to be like, yo, do you want a hand or hey, how about um, you know, feel feel empowered? Let's yeah. all get on this. Yeah, it's very inclusive. It's not exclusive, which I think is why I like newsletters so much. Yeah, yeah, me too. I actually love that it's it's a smaller group of people who are subscribed because it's just, it's so intimate. And I feel like if it got too big, I'd be like, oh, well, it's not really like what I want it to be anymore. I kind of want it to be smaller than, you know, like if I was going to tweet or do a blog post or something. Ours are so different in the sense that like you do, you write, and I love that about yours is I will, I'll get it and I'll literally go make a cup of tea and be like, I'm going to read this. Oh my um, God. Yeah. But um, it's, it's changed slightly, hasn't it, where you're taking like a Q&A style from someone yeah. who has like a, write, a writing issue. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Why don't I just interrupt you this entire podcast and see how <laughs> no, professional I am? No, I interrupt so much when I listen to them back. I'm like, this is not okay. It's because I get excited. 
No, exactly. I think everybody can tell. And just if you're listening to this podcast, we are very excited to be hanging out and talking. So um, enjoy the <laughs> aftermath of that enthusiasm. But, but yeah, carry on. I think sometimes um, I can work through my own issues a lot easier when it's under the guise of advice. Because mm-hmm. so I I'm not I'm not good with emotions. I I I don't like them. <laughs> it's very, I'm very uh, like. I don't cry. I do cry, but it's usually by myself and like in a movie theater. It's I don't like to show vulnerability, which is not great, um, but it's a fact of my life. And that's just, I, you know, I'm working through that. But um, my newsletter has been the only place actually and realizing this that I have been vulnerable. My most authentic self has been in in that and in that world. So it's allowed me to kind of address some things that I didn't realize were problems. Like I think I even wrote very openly where I'm like, I don't cry. I'm not emotional. I understand this is unhealthy, but you have to understand that this is coming from this, this and this. And then forces me to like acknowledge things about myself that you can kind of not acknowledge in everyday life. So having people come and ask some questions, I recently, it's been a lot about writing. It's been a really cool way to look at the way I look at my career or the things that I have learned and not realize that I've learned. Because it's easy to be like, here's advice for you. Yeah. Um, and then the same thing happens to you. And you're just like, oh, my God, my world's falling apart. But you, this forces me to to think logically and not to go down like a darker path. So it's like, it's almost like therapy. Honestly, I yeah. I look forward to my newsletter so much. I love writing it. If Even if I had one subscriber and it was my mom, I'd probably be like, yeah, that's fine. I, love <laughs> I need that. to write these things. Yeah, it's, it's so important to, to write just because you want to isn't it it's just you can tell you can tell that you sit there and you're like chuckling to yourself as you as you write <laughs> like a funny thing because my favorite one um which has like stayed with me and I think I've quoted in like quite a few blog posts is I can't remember what it was called now but it was about how some guy from the past tried to give you some advice on your yes. career and you oh. were just like the sassiest <laughs> person and I've oh, had that great. so many times when someone from my dark past has tried to like have a conversation with me now and it just doesn't really work was that like an epiphany for you it felt like you were writing it and you were like oh my god I've finally discovered something yes you know what it was because um I I feel like a lot of people who are in the arts really do and actually you know what probably everybody in the world they kind of have, we all, have, we all struggle with imposter syndrome to an extent where we feel like one day someone's going to tap us on the shoulder and be like, oh, by the way, we're all on to you. And uh, it's time to go back to the shittiest job that you've ever had. And you're like, yep, you know what? I fooled you for long enough. This is okay. I'm ready. Thank you for being honest. <laughs> so yeah. I, it's right. It's that feeling of just like, it's a, it's like that weird mix I was talking about at the beginning where you almost have this like, I, I told my own therapist, it's like you have like almost a half God complex and then a half inferiority complex. So the inferiority complex is like how I have an issue accepting compliments um, via any other realm, but like the digital one. And even then I'll like add a joke so that it's not so like, yay, um, because you're like, oh, my God, no, like, uh, it's just it's all a lie. They're all going to realize eh. But then on the other hand, when you're not given any sort of feedback or praise or anything, you're like, how dare you? Don't you know that I'm capable of so many great things? So you're always teetering. So going to parties and going to like, especially ones 
where everybody is home for Christmas, you have this weird feeling of like you're gone back. You've gone back to your high school self almost. Yeah. And that's usually caked in insecurity. And it's like so you go to these things and you're kind of fronting because you're just trying to be like, hey, like, look how like I got it together. Like, look how great my life is compared to yours. But then there's always somebody who says something and then it makes you question everything. And then you always leave and you feel like shit. And you're like, I wish I had said that. So for me, it's been like, I don't like, especially because high school for me was particularly terrible. So this was so exciting that I waltzed into this party at my best friend's house and this guy was there and he said something about like trying to offer me advice on writing. And I finally got to say to him, I don't fucking care what you think. And I meant it. And I've never meant it. I'd never meant it before. It was the first time I'd actually said to someone, I do not care. And I didn't care. And since I, I, I feel, I don't care. I don't, it's a, a very freeing feeling. It might just be 30. I don't know if it's 30. I don't know what it is, but it is like, it's made me happier in my heart to yeah. care less about what people think. That's so cool. I, I definitely go back to a time warp. It's like when I go home and I see someone from when I was like 13, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter all of these things that I'm doing now, which is like, you know, it's successful for me. I'm like, like, I thought literally I would never, ever get a job ever. So it's like, yay, I've done it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so literally I, I felt like, so confident walking into this party and then I just returned to being 13 again and I was just trying to impress this person who still doesn't find anything impressive and I was like why am I trying right I can't win also this person who was really cool when we were 13 is just not (laughs) yeah no one is if you were a cool 13 year old like and I believe that that being said I think this age is different because um teenagers seem so much more aware of the world uh, and they're so much they've got so much more access to like real talk and like important things politics social issues but when we were teens I think there was this hierarchy of cool that um like what you didn't know would eventually dictate the rest of your life where that you'll always be like oh but amy was so cool how she still thinks i'm she followed me on instagram how she still thinks i'm cool and then you like scroll through and you're like oh you're not cool like oh you're, if i didn't know you like your life would bum me out <laughs> but it's like you don't know that when you're 13 and and then it kind of sticks in your head that feeling of like oh my god there's so and so holy shit bah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're all messes. We're all just a bunch of human disasters, which yeah. is kind of very liberating when you think about it that way. I know, I know. And that feeling of not feeling like you're enough when you really are so enough. But it's like, it's hard to actually think that. Um, oh, dude, but, that but, is the real. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I was going to say that's the most real. That's a real sentiment that I have actually my therapist has told, like, I'm like, my therapist says, everybody I know has one. So this is like, I don't know if in the UK, everybody is a therapist. No, I was actually, I was going to ask you about that. Oh, well, then we'll, we'll slide right into that. <laughs> that said, I do think I'm spoiled in that I work in a world where people are writers or comedians or actors and or musicians. So there is so much more discourse about emotions and mental health um, that's very, it's very special. And that doesn't exist in a lot. Like I'd say 75% of the world was really sucks. Um, so I think I'm spoiled in that it's constant to be like, oh yeah. Oh, what did your therapist say? Oh, that's cool. Cause mine said this, like blah, blah, blah. Wow. But we, sh- but we should be able to, we should talk we about should. like, like mental health is, is so important. And everybody's fucked up like that. <laughs> I don't think, I think there's this weird idea that like, if you, if you like, like, well, they have it together. Like, look at that person. They have it together. Look what they've achieved. And it's, it, nobody has it together. Everybody's just a, like, we are all messed up. And I think that's wonderful because it makes us all different and it makes us all like unique and human and flawed and all those interesting things. But I think like 
the myth of perfection is like killing everybody slowly. And as soon as you can kind of be like, oh, we're all like just trying our best and kind of flailing and treading water a bit. And it's like, eh, that's when you feel free. And that's when you can like, I don't know, really start to go to town on who you are as opposed to like what other people think. Yeah. Do you find it really useful? Yeah, I do. I, I've gone to mine for about three years. I got it through my family doctor. Um, cause here, if you are like, um, if you have some, some stuff come up or whatever, you can be like, can I have a referral? And it's, they're like, yep, cool. Go for it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So I get to go to her, I think about, it's like nine times a year and it's for free, which is really cool. Um, because I had some, like, there was just a lot that went down in the, in the naughties and in the turn of the decade. And I was like, um, I was really open to the idea because in high school, I also had a therapist and I also was referred by my family doctor and it was also free. So it's nice to see Alicia. That's her name. Shout out to Alicia. (laughs) Um, We just go to her office and I like we just sit in chairs across from each other and she always has a cup of tea and a pashmina around her and she's so great. I don't cry in therapy. I also, because I told you I'm made of stone and I'm dead inside. Not really. I just (laughs) cry in front of people makes me so uncomfortable. Um, but we'll talk about especially when you can like do ugly crying oh god no I will ugly crying in front of people is like that's reserved for I don't even know what it could be reserved for (laughs) tragedy in the like in a sense where it's like your whole family's been wiped out then even then though I think I'd be like okay everyone I'm gonna go sit in my car for a little while (laughs) TTYL um but no I do find it very I like talking to her because she's often She'll just ask one or two questions that are very useful. And usually the questions are like, why did you do that? Or why did you, what would you, what would you think was going to happen? And sometimes it just takes another person who isn't your friend to ask, to hold a mirror up to yourself to be like, oh, I have a pattern or like, oh, okay. All right. I, uh, wicked. So I kind of treat them like, um, almost like business meetings where you're like, how are we going to fix the next quarter? And then you do, or you try. Or you go back and you're like, this cool thing happened. Or you go back and you're like, well, this was a shit month. So we're going to talk about that. Oh, um, that makes so much sense. Yeah, it's very, um, I, I don't let, there's no couches. I'm sure there are some that have couches. I've just never been to a therapist that had a couch. It's, I don't think there's a wrong reason to go to therapy unless, um, I don't know, if you're trying to like screw your therapist or something, that might be a problem. But like other, other than that, I can't think of any other kind of like, don't go to therapy. It's like, yeah, why don't you go? So yeah, it's. Yeah, I feel like in America especially, it's like you go to a dentist and you go to a therapist. Like, it's it's just a thing that you need to do. And I think it's good to be like, yeah, I'm going to go. I might not have anything really to say this month, but, it, you know, I could be, like, in real trouble the next month. Um, yeah, I really like the sound of it. Yeah, I mean, it's try it on for size. But don't feel pressured either, though, because I think, like, then there is that weird... There is some pressure sometimes, I think, where you feel like, well, everyone else is doing this thing. Should I do this thing? I basically trust your gut let it all happen. It's going to be fine. It'll be great. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was also going to say, obviously you, as a writer, especially writing online, Mm -hmm. you do spend a lot of time, well, you must spend a lot of time online. Um, as we, as we all do, is there anything that you've learned, not like protect yourself, that sounds really dramatic, but, um, to sort of just have a few barriers in place. And I know we've spoken in the past over email about like, (laughs) like the cliques of Twitter, Yep. Um, yeah. And how it is like this little universe of like little groups of people. Um, do you just drift in and drift out and not care or do you get sucked in sometimes? I used to care a lot. I cared so much when I started doing music journalism 
when I was, uh, oh God, it was about 2010, 2009, 2010. I cared so much about everything that was happening and what everybody thought and what everybody had to say. Um, if somebody that I thought was cool said something derogatory about a thing that I liked, I was like, well, then I, okay, I can't like that thing. Like it's, it was like a very strange hierarchy I created in my head. And then, and then it got, then it turned when it was more pop culture, comedy writing and stuff. Then, um, and I wrote about this in my newsletter this week, there's that idea that like a person or a group of people will be like the gateway into your career or into your future. And they like, or somebody follows you and you're like, well, they followed me. Like, here I am. I'm ready. I bet here comes my book deal. I bet. And then you just spend and then you, you have to dismantle consciously. You have to consciously decide that that is not a healthy way of thinking of anything because that's not how the world works. And Twitter is an extension of the world. And as much as we like, as much as it's very unique in the sense of it is there's a bubble that exists and we kind of reside in it. It is also people behind all of those screen names. So mm-hmm. for me, I'll, um, I remember I used to pay a lot of attention to followers. I'd be like, oh my God, did I lose some followers? Or like, nah. um, and then I realized that that was very exhausting and a complete waste of brain space. So I checked out of that. Um, and I think the more busy you get or the older you get or the more life experiences you get, you start to kind of shed some dead weight of um, negative thinking and damaging thinking. And for me, it was like, okay, I'm not going to look, I don't really care. Like I'm not going to define myself by my follower account. Cool. Great. And then you look and if somebody says something that you don't agree with, you don't have to agree with that. You could just scroll right past that. Or if somebody at replies you and it's really awful, you can block that person. It's like just those feelings of like, oh, I can exist here the way I would with actual people. And if somebody actually came up to me and started saying horrible things, I'd probably walk away from them or yeah. probably say something very mean, but I don't like saying super mean things on the internet because you never know what that can escalate, how that can escalate. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. without thinking, I guess it's like one of the questions I had written down to ask, ask you, which is like kind of a grim question is mm-hmm. like this idea of like, do you think of yourself as a brand because you are, you, you're earning money by being you and writing, not necessarily writing about yourself, but you're offering something that only you can offer. Um, so it's almost like you do need to project a certain level of how you want to be perceived. That's deep. Uh, <laughs> so that can go, that's like, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think I thought that was the way, I think that's how I used to think. Because I think about when I, do you remember when it was like, and that you're English, so yeah, you would probably remember all of this. It was like the era of um, like, was it like 2010, 2011, uh, it was like Alexa Chung and like all those cool models and DJs and like um, like and Corey, what's her face from the Nylon magazines of yesteryear? Like do you, like all those people mm-hmm. and that idea of like being like an internet celebrity and blah blah blah. And I remember thinking like, okay, so I guess that's what I should aspire to. And then I realized that in my and for me that made it not about the work. And I don't, and honestly, within that time frame, I don't even remember some of the stuff. Well, I don't remember the stuff I wrote because it wasn't very good because it wasn't about the writing. It was about attention for the writing and about getting noticed and what that would mean and blah, blah, blah. Um, So I think I've since let the idea of myself as a brand go. Now I use Twitter and social media just the way you almost would a high school locker in some ways, or you're just like, hey, cool, look, like if it's Instagram, it's like, oh my God, guys, I'm at the mall, I'm with my friends, yay. Like, 
positive, like exciting, cool, fun things. And then Twitter, I like to, t- I like to treat it as one, a showcase for where a platform for my work where I can put it and be like, here, here's some stuff I've written, mm-hmm. but also, um, an environment conducive to uh, conversation and discourse because I think so many important conversations are coming from Twitter and coming out of Twitter and are a result of Twitter and social media en masse. So it's easier and I think healthier to think of it almost like, I don't want to say a high school cafeteria table because that makes it sound immature, but like almost like you would a study group or like a, or like a, or like an after school group where we're all talking about this thing that's happening. We're all talking about this event and what does this event mean? And what is that? Like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So there are things I won't post because I fundamentally don't agree with them. Like, like, I guess some people be like, what's not your brand. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't think of myself. Yeah. I don't really think of myself. I just think of myself as a person on the internet. Yeah. And you don't filter that much. I don't filter at all. I really don't. Unless, like, I, I, like, if you go through my feet, everything I think about the world is pretty much there. And I'm very happy to share um, the feet, like, smart writers who are um, talking about things in a in a similar way, but better than I could articulate. And I think that's also really important to establishing like yourself on the internet and being part of a community. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't, I, I mean, there are things I won't, I don't, like, I think I've written about this where I'm like, oh, if I like a guy or I'm dating a guy like that, that I don't put on the internet just because, um, I need something for myself. Cause I've, I've also written so personally about mental health and like alcoholism and everything that it's like, I need something that's, that's mm-hmm. completely not that. Yes. I know what you mean. I, mm-hmm. I find like I do, I don't filter, but I don't post a lot of what I do. Which I know some people are like, really? Because you, you really go to town on like what you're up to. But, but actually, you don't really. I wouldn't say, I actually feel like what's really weird is I'm really private as a person. Like I wouldn't, if I have like friends around, for example, I'm not going to like live tweet our evening. Oh my God, no. Together. Oh, and I used to do that. I remember doing that in like 2010 or 2009 where you're like, yeah, oh, gee, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I used to, yeah, I used to do, I used to do that. You know, just saying like what I was eating, breakfast. And that's what people think Twitter is. It's not, I know, it's, it's not now. No, well, I think now that you would be escorted out of the internet <laughs> if you tried to do that. But like, no, I, I, it's a, it's this weird, I, I'm this, I, I completely understand that because you do share, but you don't share. There's a difference. Like I know that you went to, was it Switzerland or Sweden? Um, oh, Switzerland. Yes. I know you went there, but I have no idea what you and your boyfriend talked about. I don't know, um, what your thoughts are on like this, that, and the other, like you're very still like, I, I get what you do because I, I'm similar in a way that you do have to filter yourself to an extent. Like everything that I put, I may say that I like everything I think is on the internet. It is, but it has gone through like eight filters and I've condensed it and I've edited it so that it's just, it's articulate and it isn't like, I don't know, something disastrous or overshare or TMI. Mm. I, so I get, I get what you're doing and I get, I get what you're doing. I'm on to you, but you know what I mean? I'm on the same page. Yeah. It, I don't know whether there's a correlation between like getting more secure in yourself and sharing less because I know that when I used to be like, hey, guys, this is what I'm doing. Please like it. Please, please know what I'm doing at all thirsty. times. Like really thirsty. Like if I look back at my like time hop, I just want validation for every single thing I do that day. Whereas now I just feel like I don't need, I don't need it. Yeah, it's, 
it's that feeling of when I realized with that guy that I didn't care. I didn't need that validation. And it's like, and I bet you find that you can write in a more authentic way. Like you are writing from your, for lack of a better word, you're writing from your heart as opposed to from what this will get me, Mm -hmm. Uh, which I think that has been a struggle because it's like, I may say that I'm not an emotional person and that I don't cry and I'm going to fall blah, 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 but those are not true because I'm a human person. I just don't like to share that side of myself with anybody, but very, very close friends. Mm. So I, yeah, like I think you kind of like armor up to be a person who writes publicly and exists on the internet. So you put this battle armor on constantly, but to write in an authentic and real and honest way, you still have to have access to your heart and your gut feelings. So you have to find a way to do both of those things. And I think that only comes with experience and it comes with age. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of, I used to find that really annoying like when people are like oh you'll you'll like figure it out as you get older and it's you just want it now you want the impatience of just being like I want to know everything but actually I can't believe how time and years make you so much calmer and just yes happier I guess oh thank you so much talking to me oh I had so much fun I could talk to you for another five hours um but it it could be a bit weird if it's like Emma why are your episodes like half an hour and then the one with Anne is like (laughs) so long two days that's Um, fine I would be here for that (laughs) if you like this episode please remember to leave a review or a rating on iTunes it would mean so much to me also um, tweet me at girllostincity on Twitter I'd love to hear your feedback so thanks so much again for listening and make sure you tune in next week